Kylie, Andrea, and I had so much fun. We just talked, we processed together, heard the Holy Spirit, just threw that on there, and an hour was gone in an instant. So that's why I broke these into two parts. Episode 25 and 26, I'm putting them on on the same day, but you won't, don't want to miss either of them, and they really go together. I feel like we've allowed the enemy to win a little bit with what we would perceive as like safety mm-hmm. for myself. Uh, I think given the day and age we're in, um, we want to keep our kids away from creepy people, mm-hmm. like creepy, dangerous people and not like allow those kind of people to have access to our kids. Mm-hmm. But I think all of us don't want to be a creepy adult either, you know? Yeah. And I think, I, I literally am just having this thought right now. I think that might be some of what prohibits it too, mm-hmm. is because uh, if I do anything that is catered towards a young person <laughs> or young people that aren't like, my direct family or that I don't have a deep relationship with, I'm going to come off as like a creepy adult. Mm. Uh, so, and the idea I had, you're literally just talking about like a neighbor. I, I could feel myself. I'm like, yeah, like if you live in a cul-de-sac, be the person that has a sweet basketball goal and let kids play on it. But then I was like, man, that's really awesome and pure. Um, but it, how easy for families and neighbors to be like what a creepo you don't even have kids and you just have a basketball goal like you must be either a murderer a molester or like you know and that's the kind of label that's what we that's just kind of how things are now like you think about how often neighbors even know each other Mm -hmm. it's pretty rare and around here maybe it's a little more common but overall it's pretty rare because we've learned everyone is the enemy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like I would love to be in a place where that's not as true I understand there are safety concerns with our new mm. baby. We're going to be concerned about who mm-hmm. she's around and with. But, like, I don't know. There's kind of this new cultural phenomena that, like, uh, every adult is creepy. But the way you view this you know? is relationship, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm, like, thinking of parallels of lots of other buzz topics that are in, like, in our culture right now. Because even, like, feminist movement, right? Well, every straight white male is the bad guy mm. right now. You mm-hmm. can't trust them mm-hmm. because there's an agenda and you're the worst type of person. Like, that's what social media says, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and news stories and whatever. Well, the way you diffuse that is relationships. So now, what it's done, what, like, what that narrative has done is now chivalry is tanking. Because, oh, I, I can't show up with a flower at this girl's door. Or, or even, like, being romantic. I can't show up with a flower and ask her to go on a date because now she thinks that I'm going to kidnap her. <laughs> what? Or, the, and so or now, that I'm manipulating to get what I want. Yeah. So yeah. now there's, like, this whole generation of young people that are, like, they don't even know. And I'm not trying to be on this whole soapbox of, like, chivalry <laughs> is dead situation. But this is what happens, right, is the, the world is hard. The world stinks. And so then there's these little things that happen that make us think that people aren't safe. Men aren't safe or adults aren't safe or whatever it may be. But the way you diffuse that is with relationship, Mm -hmm. um, is reaching out, bridging the gap. And so even to further the, the hypothetical, well, the way that you are the person with the basketball goals, you go and you connect with the parents first. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. You yeah. go and you, hey, how are you guys? Where did you move from? Whatever. You create this relationship. 
and then and then it goes from there. No one wants to send their kids over to some random neighbor's house. Right, right, right. The way you diffuse that is with relationship. I say that, and it's just easy to just say it. It's so much harder right. than than way easier said than done, mm-hmm. because relationship requires vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It requires letting people uh, interrupt your schedule. It requires making space for that when it it can be very exhausting to go socialize with people and to make yourself vulnerable and try to meet a new person. That can be very exhausting for a lot of people. Um, But yet again, it's what we're called to do. We're called to love people. So starting with relationship, I think, is the key. One thing you said before, and it's just been really hitting me because, like I said, my my son's in fourth grade, so he's already asking, when do I get a phone, right? Mm -hmm. And, but it really hit me is I could tell him, like, okay, you're going to get a phone, and these are the rules to it. Mm -hmm. Or do I show him by how I interact Mm -hmm. with a phone how he should? And so I, I say that only because sometimes I think it's funny that people say, oh, this generation is so much on social media, so much on social media, but aren't a lot of grandmas on social media, on Facebook, <laughs> like just trolling? Or aren't, Who doesn't love a good grandma are, comment? You know, aren't, aren't I on social yeah. media a lot? Yeah. So I think, <laughs> but if we don't even see that we have that in common, I think it's just a division, right? Like, yep. And calling ourselves out on well, what am I doing? And yeah, or I have this in common with them. Or yeah. well, I even like I'm kind of thinking of an of an example in that. So like setting the example for your kids. Okay, so on Friday nights we're all gonna do family dinner. We're gonna do no phones for two hours. Literally put your phone in this basket. Hey, mom, can you do it? Yeah, mm-hmm. you too. Oh, oh, it's it's work. But Sorry, it's work. It's, it's work. It's work. Can Boundary. you do it? Can you do it? Because what, what it's the, Andrew and I say, like, what you give them uh, permission to do in moderation. Oh, no. Yeah, what you give them permission to do in moderation, you are really giving them permission to do in excess, so to speak. I'm saying it's what, what you do what in, you mo- do in what moderation. What you do in moderation, <laughs> they'll do in excess. Yes. So that'd be the same. An example I used to use is, like, um, you know, I, I'm always talking to students about, like, they, they always want to know, like, what's allowed and what's not mm. allowed, right? Like, mm. whether it be, like, you know, do deep sinful things or just lifestyle things or whatever. And I was talking to them. Um, or, like, know, how far is too far. Yeah, the how far <laughs> like, is too know, far. But just, like, of life, you know. And so I was talking, and this is in, in Texas, so it's a little bit different rules. But, <laughs> um, you know, I was talking to this girl about uh, smoking weed and, um, she's like, but it's not that bad. You know, she was really trying to educate me on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and which was fine. And uh, um, I started telling her, I go, listen, um, I'm not here to pick what you're going to do. I can say that even if you have no conviction about it, she was a, a young girl who sang on our worship team. I did say, I need you to think about how it looks. Um, when you're with other people that see you and know what you do um, with us and, and sort of talking about like being on, uh, in front of people like, like, you, like public perception does matter even though we're in a world like don't care what other people think it's like well, don't care what other people think in the way that they can control your day your mood and your value but uh, like 
you need to be aware of how people perceive you. And I, as a believer, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I gave her the example. I said, "You understand that I, at that time I was like 29." I said, "You understand I'm 29 years old?" She's like, "Yeah." I said, "You understand that I can go buy cigarettes whenever I want?" Like, yeah, I guess. Okay. I'm like, literally, I can go buy as many cigarettes as I want legally, and it's not wrong. And I can, I as a grown man, can choose to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. How would you feel if you drove up right before youth service and I was standing over here on the corner of the student center finishing a cigarette as you go, you know, just like, hey, what's up, guys? I'll be in in just a minute. Mm-hmm. And you guys just saw me on the corner smoking a cigarette. And she was, she was literally like, the, her face changed. She's like, oh my God, that'd be so weird. Like, that'd be super weird. <laughs> uh, and like, I, ugh. She's like, I, like, that feels so like shady and, like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I go, right. I go, but I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And, anything and it was just like, like, what you do matters, you know? Like, I can, I can do that. Anyway, so that's the thing, too, of, like, me doing that. Like, if, if students rolled up and saw me having a cigarette on the side of the building, that's that, like, what you've seen me do in a really small moment just gave you permission to do a lot of other things in other moments. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, Pastor Andrew must be cool with smoking. Therefore, I can do this. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with like having a drink in public. Mm -hmm. What you want to do with alcohol is up to your own convictions and relationship and responsibility. Where you're going to drink it should matter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if me and Kylie are out on an anniversary dinner and I'm having a beer and, you know, like, Oh, what? I didn't realize it was prom night, and then 20 students come rolling into the same restaurant, mm-hmm. and they see us there, and we both have a drink with us. Oh, that must be okay, you know? Um, and so then, you know, who knows? They'll, they'll take it as permission to go party. So that was way too long of a detour <laughs> to say, like, 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 what she's saying on just the um, back to, like, parenting and stuff. Um, they need to see, like, or like what you said, like they need to see your ability to have control yourself. Mm-hmm. And parenting, I, th- I think parenting is a lot harder. It's a lot harder to parent than it is to talk and tell. Mm-hmm. And so I can tell you all day to stop doing something. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to parent you through doing whatever that is. Um, and that's where I think like healthy limits and boundaries are way harder to set than because I said so. Mm-hmm. Well, you see it even with our baby now, right? She's uh-huh. 11 months old. And, you know, I mean, it stinks. It's a reflection on me because she wants my phone. Mm-hmm. How does she know what that is? It's a square. It's not colorful. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. Like, it's a, a square black screen, you know, for the most part. And we don't really show her you know, all these baby videos and stuff, but she's not really at an age that that's, like, capturing her attention, really. No, she wants it because I have it in my hand all the time. Mm-hmm. She wants, and yeah, now, granted, 90% of the time of me taking pictures and videos of her. <laughs> but, but regardless, she doesn't know that, and so she knows this is a thing that's important to me. Mm-hmm. And so she wants this now. And, I like, I remember just being shocked, even when she was, like, maybe eight, nine months old, like, oh, I'm kind of freaked out that she already wants this this bad. Mm-hmm. But it's because I've shown her that, mm-hmm. you know? And so even for me, like, that's such a small thing. But, like, for a lot of us, scrolling on your phone at the end of the day is kind of how you decompress and turn your brain off. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, and like, oh, 
maybe I don't scroll mm-hmm. while I'm feeding her a bottle. Yeah. Mm. Maybe that's a time for me to like look her in the eyes, yeah. mm. talk to her, make a connection with her, you know, and like I, I can still do that, but maybe it's just not my thing, you know, yeah. and so that's hard. Pick I mean, up on it. None of this stuff is easy, you know. There's kids who are like, you know, parents who are like, my kid just plays video games for 12 hours a day. You're like, dang, who let him do it? And on one hand, it's like, you know, I know that there's nuances to each relationship. You can't just be like, stop playing video games, you know, like, but back to raising up the next generation. Mm-hmm. Putting the work in to build a bridge, build a relationship, have healthy conversation, give wise behind the what's, keep hearts in mind. All of that stuff is harder to do, but is what's necessary to steward the next generation instead of just excusing yourself from them or just talking at them. Mm-hmm. So I know we just took like 20 minutes giving both examples, but no. that's essentially the, that's what we mean. No, it was good. And I liked how you gave that example of the girl that's like, oh, I can smoke weed. And you didn't just say, no, you can't. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Okay, so that's what you want to say, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't do it. But would that, because just listening to how you kind of worked around there, I was like, wow, that's impactful. Right, and then she actually comes up with it on her own, sure. right? And could actually be like, "Wow, yeah, oh," and that would make a change, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. She she finds it for herself, and that's empowering, right. For yeah. a young person to not just be fed information, but to create something. But to draw a conclusion. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, I have actually a lot more notes, but um, we it's been like an hour. I could not. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> like I have like these that. other things that I'm like I really want to get to. We still can if you can uh, edit some of our answers. We'll come back. Yeah. Play it at one and a half speed. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think it's a useful trait and a toxic trait of both being verbal processors, mm. mm-hmm. and so. We'll start caring about this topic. Yeah, so we'll start start answering and processing, and then we realize, like, what we were trying to say all along, and so then we'll say that, and we're just not short of words. No, it's good. And maybe I'll just have you on again. Let's just tie it down real quick, because could you guys give me your favorite Bible verse or story? And I'm having Kylie go first, so she doesn't have to go after Andrew. I don't even know. Oh. That's a tough question. It doesn't have to be all time. Maybe one that's hitting you right now. This is kind of like broad, but I, a story that really resonates with me a lot um, and that we've talked about a lot is just the entirety of um, like the timeline of the Israelites being called God's chosen people, being pulled out of Egypt brought into, uh, on their journey to go to the promised land and um, how God literally rescued them. And then while they were in the midst, like in the Mm -hmm. in-between, they hadn't arrived at their promise, so to speak, but had been rescued. They chose to grumble and complain. Mm -hmm. Well, Well, you know, 
at least we could eat when we were back there. <laughs> well, at least we had this. And do you not remember that you were slaves? Yeah. Well, well, could we have a king? Uh-huh. No, hey, God's saying, oh, I'm your king. No, no, no. We can we have a different king? Everyone else has a king, so we would like a king. Uh-huh. No, guys, I'm I'm your king. That's the th- that's what that's our thing. Uh-huh. Like that's like that's our brand, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what we do here. That's I'm what, your king, and yeah. you're the people, and <laughs> and and just how relevant that is uh-huh. to all of us. Um, that it, it's just it's easier to see the things that are comfortable instead of submitting to the in between times where you know that the Lord has promised you something, you know that you're working towards something or God is working something out in you or whatever that is. The discomfort in the middle mm-hmm. um, says a lot about our character. Mm. says a lot about my character. Am I going to complain? Am I going to whine? I'm tired. Well, at least before this, all of this, I had this. you know. Or am I going to yield to that discomfort and trust what the Lord is doing in my character for the next season, you know? Mm-hmm. And what am I, am I making other people pay for my discomfort around me? I think that's a big thing too. Like, Andrew didn't bring me into whatever that season is. And so if I'm just going to whine and complain to him all the time because he's my safe person, well, that's not healthy for our relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And so letting the Lord um, be your safe place and that be my safe place and that um, of trusting him, uh, emotionally processing with him but um yeah establishing trust and Kylie's um, favorite bible story is basically just the whole the whole bible drama of the old testament (laughs) yeah i like the drama of the old testament that's true Uh, (laughs) i think one that's been just like affecting me a lot uh since i heard it uh preached the way it was you know a few months back we're going through a series on acts and it's just Paul at, at the church of Antioch. Mm. It's people that were scattered by him and people that were essentially persecuted by him that then in his transformation um, covered him and housed him and protected him and gave him space and trained him. And it just, the, the church of Antioch really shows us what a church should look like mm-hmm. and how they brought him in, I think is just pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your point to like, Things change, but really the human who God has made us to be hasn't. Mm-hmm. And we can learn so much. And I feel like sometimes we know some of these stories so well that we forget that they're applicable to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like we can say, how did they figure out in Egypt that, you know, they were delivered. They walked through the Red Sea. Yeah. How could they forget? Yeah. How do I forget? Yeah. Like, how do I do yeah. that? Well, like what she's saying about, like, you know, them being freed from captivity in Egypt, you know, uh, over, it was like 300 or 400 something, like I think 430 years of captivity. And then to be freed and no longer under that reign and then go, oh, remember the barrels of bread we had. And, oh, if only we had died there. And I think that's kind of the same as like today, like kind of the church hopping, church like heavy criticizers of like, uh, this place, uh, they don't meet my needs. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. Uh, the AC is too cold. Mm-hmm. Like, do you not remember that your frigging soul was saved? Yeah. Like, do you not remember the addictions that were broken in your life? Do you not remember falling on your face before the Lord when you were at that youth camp because you finally for once felt free? Like, and now you're just like mad because we use the 
cheap communion wafers and the ACs too cold. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so here's part two of the podcast. <laughs> Okay, we for sure have to have you guys back on, but thank you for your time. I was blessed by it, and so I know that other people were. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. God gave me a calling to share people's stories, and I've been doing that for over 16 years with my business, Generations to Generations. Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things is a continuation of telling stories. All of us have a story, and it's imperative that we share it with others. I know you have a story to share on how God has showed up in the mountains and valleys of your life. To do that, visit me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email me at ordinarypeoplestories at gmail.com. And I'll see you on the next podcast.